Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Monday, June 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuynik, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here for this Monday afternoon here in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, Little League Baseball over the weekend. Uh, A lot of games going on and a a home effort for Martinsburg at their home ballpark or their home fields. Uh, They win the the area championship last night convincingly 12-0 in four innings over Morgan County, guys. Yeah, an impressive uh, weekend for Martinsburg. Saw some dominant pitching performances last night, of course. Uh, was a great performance from Fisher. We saw Coe two nights ago. Uh, just, you know, what was it, 23 combined strikeouts between those two guys. So just unbelievable stuff. And uh, at this level, if you're not allowing the other team to put the ball in play, you know, that really helps your defense out. They don't have to make plays defensively uh and you know makes it pretty easy on them and then offensively they came through when they needed to put pressure on the defense and morgan county just really didn't look like the same team from game one to game two uh some of that probably had to do with their opponent but also with the fact that they just were making little mistakes that they weren't making in that first game they didn't have the same pitching that they had in game one still had solid outings at times but um, overall, I think Martinsburg had a really good run and uh, was pretty impressive in these two games. And excited to see what we're going to see in these final two games over the next two days because I think, based on the scores of the first games, you know, all three of these teams are pretty close and uh, it could really go either way. I mean, Jefferson definitely has the program that you look at them and you think they're going to be the ones that come out, but Hedgesville already knocked them off once. Uh, we've seen Morgan, you know, be tough uh, at times, and I think it's going to be a pretty competitive uh, rest of the tournament to determine who ends up being that second team. But congrats again to Martinsburg for getting the win and just some really impressive pitching performances in these last two games. Yeah, it was absolute dominance for Martinsburg in the two games up on the mound with all the strikeouts, as Nick already mentioned, I believe 23 combined, 11 from Coe in game one, and then 12 in the four innings from Fisher in game two yesterday. And to add on to the brilliance that they had, both of them only allowed one hit each in the shutout wins for Martinsburg. So if we get to see them again in districts, which expect them to, I think you got to put them easily as the favorites to come out and make a very solid run at this state tournament for Martinsburg. I mean, those two guys are tremendous pitchers, and the offense you saw in both games, even though the first one was 4 nothing against Hedgesville, against Morgan County, the 12 nothing mercy rule win with nine hits is a very impressive day. They got on base, and they were able to bring them around. Yeah, Morgan County also had at least five errors, as I had them at. There might have been some more. It was definitely a tough day for them, but they now have a day off. They can rest and wait for Hedgesville-Jefferson, which I expect to be another great game. We got to see Jefferson 
on day one with the two-run homer, but Hedgesville came back, took the win. We'll see if anything changes this time around or not. Yeah, we will. And again, tonight, Jefferson Hedgesville, 7 p.m. will be on the air, 6.50. The winner of that game will take on Morgan County tomorrow at 7 p.m., which we'll have again for you, 6.50. The pregame, and uh, the loser will sadly go home, and their all-star tournament run will come to an end. Let's look over to the Area 2 side. I believe their game was you – know, they did get the games in yesterday. Moorfield is the area tournament champion in the 10- to 12-year-old bracket. And they will go to the area as – or the, excuse me, the district as the district – or the area two champion. And then on the other side, uh, tonight they'll finish things out uh, with Pendleton County and Grant County going at it at 6 p.m. for the runner-up in the district. And uh, let's move on to Junior League Baseball as an area one. Uh, Hedgesville wins 5-2 to two over Jefferson and claims the Junior League title or the junior league area one title uh it'll be morgan county martinsburg tonight at 6 p.m uh for the junior league and the winner of that one will take on jefferson for the area champ or the area runner-up to go to districts uh but it's it's shaping up to be a good tournament and uh you know that junior team not all fields are turfed at oatsdale and uh they had the opportunity friday night to go play at peel Faulkner park which i know for them was a big opportunity. It seemed like a great game they were able to have there on Friday night. Uh, but luckily, the weather cooperated the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's been a good tournament for them, and they're definitely appreciative of the fact that uh, Aaron Byler, the post-14 uh, Legion team with Trip Tobin as well, having that ballpark available, that being P.O. Faulkner, to allow those kids to get to play there and still start their tournament on time and enjoy time on the turf and experience that. Yeah. All right. Moving on here. We talked with head coach for the Hedgesville Eagles basketball program on Friday on the show. Great conversation. You can go on YouTube and find it or on the podcast. And uh, we asked him a question. Well, I asked him a question about how big these su- this summer is for the workouts for younger guys that are going to be more involved on the team this year. Uh, and Xavier Kirk and uh, now I'm blanking on. Quincy Pitsnoggle was the other yeah. one. Um, and, you know, you said they're both – this is a big summer for them developmental-wise going into next season where they're expected to get more action. But we found out on Twitter yesterday that Xavier Kirk is foregoing playing football and focusing 100% on basketball. Yeah, it's big news for Hedgesville because we know, at least on the football side, we expected a huge season for that wide receiver core, which at the time we originally thought was going to include Kirk, have DeMonte Martin as, as well as the well DB crew as them, yeah, on the defensive end. So, best of luck to him with this decision, obviously. Hope that he succeeds and has a great basketball season. Just caught us a little by surprise. And. I don't know if Coach Church knew, but if you listen back, because Xavier posted the question that I when I had posed it to Coach Church, you could tell that maybe he didn't like the way that it was came out was like uh, he's got to figure out what he's got to say about it. I mean, I, obviously, maybe he didn't know at the time, but I think that's big for the development of of a player who obviously was just a sophomore and contributed highly on football and was one of those swing guys for basketball. I think that, uh, you know, he uses his junior – if he doesn't go back and play football for his senior year, 
If he uses these two, I think he's a guy that the way that he competes, and you know, we heard what, what Coach Church said, he could go D1 potentially basketball if he can hone his skills the next two seasons. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm always in favor of kids playing as many sports as possible, but if that's the decision he wants to go with, then I'm not going to you know, say anything negative about it. I wish the best for Xavier Kirk. I think he's a good athlete, and we'll see how he uh, develops on the basketball court. Um, just a little bit surprising because he is a really solid football player, I think, too, and he could have contributed a lot for this Hedgesville football team, but now they'll have to figure some things out. More so on defense than offense because Kirk uh, played more defensively last year than offensively from what I remember. But uh, that's a big spot to you know try to replace. Um, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. They got Young coming in, and he's more football than basketball. So uh, we, he did. He did say uh, Coach Church did say that he had he expects him to play fo- play basketball as well this year. Yeah. So I mean, but in terms of maybe he can come in and fill that spot at corner that. And just yeah. will be looking to replace now. They will be looking to replace. Also, uh, as we mentioned on the broadcast on Saturday, uh, Coach Faircloth uh, was umpiring, and we caught up. I talked to him after the game, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on the show this week to talk about the off seasons for both uh, football and girls basketball at Hedgesville as it's the big three-week period time, I believe, just coming to an end. It's three-week period coming to they might end. still have one week this week. And we have flex days they can end. use as well. So. Uh, but we'll catch up with him hopefully by the end of the week. But that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this two-minute break, we'll uh, catch up with all that happened over the weekend with West Virginia men's hoops as they do have an interim coach. And we'll uh, – kind of read Ren Baker's statement that he put out on Saturday after the naming the interim head coach. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. These days of darkness Wish we'd known We'll blow with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. 
Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday, June 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Just a programming note, we will be out all next week. No shows as uh, we will be getting kind of like a summer break, I guess. Holiday break. Celebrate independence. Yeah. Uh, shout out Mike Hornby for uh, no live shows for us next week. We have no sports anyway uh, with the Legion team uh, going down to Virginia Beach for a tournament. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just programming note, no live shows next week. That's both Eastern Panhandle Talk as well as the Sports Mix. Uh, but let's move on here. Let's talk Mountaineers as finally we have some sort of resolution to the problem that we've had for the last – the problem that's been arise arose the last week or so. Uh, as they didn't name a permanent head coach, they named an interim head coach, which I'll read you the statement later on by uh, Ren Baker, athletics director at WVU. Uh, but they named uh, assistant coach Josh Eilert. Uh, they promoted him to interim head coach for the 2023-2024 season. Colin, your take on this as a West Virginia fan? I'm happy with it because I, I truly feel like after things that have come to be after this announcement that the band most likely will stick together. You might see, depending on an NIL deal or two, maybe one or two guys leave because I know, yes, there are still some guys in the transfer portal and a few others that have decided to enter just to explore their options. But... It, it seems like at least the big one, that being Kirk Chrissa, who entered and a few days later has come back, wants to keep this group together. You still got a lot of alumni and a lot of this fan base trying to keep this group together because there's a lot of people that believe this group is going to be special for WVU men's basketball. And leading the way, hopefully, is Eilert. Yeah, yeah I think it's... Uh you know interesting situation because like you said colin they're trying to keep this group together there's a belief that this is a talented group um but with this big distraction that's going to be something that's talked about throughout the entirety of the season is bob huggins not being there anymore or at least the early part of the season um depending on how well they do if they struggle it's going to be brought up that you know how would coach huggins have done with this team is always going to be i think the thought process with this program um whether you agree or disagree with the decision to let him go or not i mean most people probably agree at this point but some i'm sure still out there that would like to see coach huggins be the coach of the mountaineers and nothing he does will ever change that but um with this group you know i think this is a big challenge and i don't know exactly uh what the history is with this uh, interim head coach in terms of his coaching experience but 
um, this is a big promotion for him. Can he handle this job? You know, there's a lot of things that are different from being an assistant coach to being a head coach. So uh, it's still there. I don't know if this team will still be successful because especially at college, you know, you need a coach that um, has the experience that can, you know, do the right thing on the floor. And this is a big adjustment for WVU. So we'll see who sticks around. I think going in-house makes sense. Uh, presuming that these assistant coaches had something to do with their recruitment to WVU and kind of keep most of the things the same um, and reasons why they came there to play for Coach Huggins uh, can kind of stay similar. So I think it's the right move for WVU with the circumstances, but in terms of how this team will do, I think there's going to be a lot of distractions, at least in the early part of the season, and uh, we'll see how Coach handles it. Hopefully for Mountaineers, he can you know, come in and bring some stability to this program. Yeah, and uh, let's I'll read off the message from WV Athletics Director Ren Baker that he wrote on Saturday night. Dear Mountaineer Nathan, Nation, last weekend we as we embarked on a national search for a new men's basketball head coach, I had the opportunity to connect with our current with our incredible current men's basketball student athletes and many former letter winners, alumni, donors, and fans, all of whom truly love West Virginia University and want the very best for our athletic programs. A common refrain from all of them was for us to find an elite coach who fits our culture and who is ready to build upon our storied tradition. To that end, I spoke with knowledgeable basketball people around the country over the last week, including coaches, professional basketball executives, and others of whom I trust to identify a strong group of candidates to speak with, some of whom I did, but ultimately when I came to recognize was that conducting this search in late July was difficult for many of our candidates because of the timing and also putting our talented student athletes at the at a real disadvantage unsure of what the future held for us after consultation with president key we have offered the head coaching position to our inner on in an interim basis to our current assistant josh eilert who will proudly and effectively serve through the end of the 2023-2024 season and you know looking at Eilert's background he spent 16 years on the Mountaineers men's basketball staff currently serving as assistant coach formerly as an assistant athletics director for basketball ops and video coordinator he played a vital role as he has touched all aspects of our basketball program from scouting to recruiting player development to game planning and we are thrilled to have him lead our basketball program this year and we know that they will continue to play a large part in the family and and I think that that's it right there the message above it's difficult to identify candidates in late June yeah, I think we, this is the right move because one you have a team that could be special mm-hmm. and Eilert obviously was part of recruiting them at some point in some way right most likely yeah, he talked and, to them at some point along the way of bringing those transfers into West Virginia. This is the point that I wanted to touch on is he, he's a Huggins guy because he was a coach underneath him and these kids wanted to play for Huggins and now they don't have that opportunity, but he's still a Huggins guy. And to prove that point, I look at Kirk Chrissa and he's the main guy, right? That's the probably top transfer that WVU had that it almost looked like for a few days was was going to transfer out, but his announcement that he was staying says the support and love that the Mountaineer fan base has showed me and this team in two months is unmatched. 
I feel so lucky to call Morgantown home. Two years ago, I put my faith in an assistant coach, and we won 61 games together. Now I'm putting my faith back in a coach that put his faith in me. This staff and team are about to do something very special, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. That's in white font, and then in gold font right underneath at the end says, this one is for hugs. So clearly, because of this announcement of Eilert being the interim coach was the reason Chriso wanted to stay and hopes that it convinces everybody else to stay because he's a Huggins guy. Yeah. I think that's something that these guys are going to have to weigh with the other options they're getting. And, you know, according to John Rothstein of, I believe, CBS Sports, with Eilert being named the next interim head coach, Joe Toussaint is, quote, still considering a return to Morgantown next season while also considering other schools. We found out this morning via Twitter that one of those schools is Alabama. Uh, has some interest in him. Uh, Trey Mitchell over the weekend took a visit to Kentucky. I believe he has a Texas or Texas Tech visit later on this yeah, Texas week. Texas Tech and Kansas State, I believe, this yeah. week. So those are, are they, they're all still in conference, right? Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to the point that conference teams are trying to lure him away. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really going to be, though, interesting to see how he adjusts to this new role as head coach. I mean, when you're in charge of an entire program, especially at the Division One level, there's a lot of things that go into it, and you just hope that he can, you know, make this adjustment well. Um, obviously, you know, has the experience of. You're not really worried about his basketball knowledge or his game planning, but how does he manage the game as the head coach in terms of like taking the right timeouts, you know, uh, in-game adjustments, stuff like that, stuff on the fly, substitutions. All that's something different that he'll have to adjust to. Um, And just being in charge of the entire program, everything that happens is now on your new coach. So it's it's an interesting adjustment. We'll see if it works out for WVU, but I'm definitely skeptical skeptical that this will be, you know, a great team this year because of all the distractions that are heading into this season and the fact that you're going to a coach that's never been a head coach before. Yeah, and I think another option here is, you know, we just saw this morning uh, reported on Twitter that uh, Muhammad Wagu has entered the transfer portal. Uh, he played one season at West Virginia. He appeared in 28 games for the Mountaineers, averaging about four points a game, three rebounds, and he shot 74% from the field. He's a depth guy that I think you really need on a team, uh, but he's also exploring other options. So that's another guy, even after the announcement, of the new interim head coach, somebody enters the transfer portal again. I think they got what twenty days left now. I think or twenty one days left to go into the portal. Yeah, I'm not sure. But to add to Nick's point really quickly, because I thought it was a good one. This is going to be the toughest year of the Big Twelve. Period. End of story. Because they have fourteen teams now. You have the four teams coming in: BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. And for basketball, I still believe that they're going to this year with Texas and Oklahoma still in there for one more season, have everybody play each other twice. So that adds to a very tough conference schedule. Yeah, you don't look at all four of those teams as powerhouses, but Houston, a really good program. We've seen UCF on and off. Cincinnati will sometimes have a good basketball program. BYU, not too sure. They're but usually solid. I mean, all those usually solid, are so solid programs. The UCF that, just had a kid taken in the top mm-hmm. ten of the draft, so you know they're building a program there. 
like you said, Colin, Cincinnati's been solid. So, I mean, those are all solid teams to add to an already competitive conference. I'll let you finish your point. No, that that was basically it was because of how many teams are still in this conference for this season, it's going to be even, even tougher. tougher. Yeah, which is, you know, hard to say because it's been arguably the best conference over the last few, three or four years. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not going to be easy. I mean, those are also teams that have some experienced coaches. Houston's been, you know, a powerhouse in the American Conference under Coach Continue. Um, you know, obviously they're going to replace some guys. Jarius Walker got drafted. I think uh, they had one or two other guys picked as well. So uh, we'll see how they retool or rebuild with that team. But, um, you know, there's going to be some great teams. So I think it's going to be a really interesting year for WVU. And that's a lot more travel, too, that you have to add. I mean, BYU, you're going a little bit further uh, west and uh you're adding ucf so a little bit further south yeah it'll be interesting uh with the draft on thursday some players went undrafted west virginia's eric stevenson signed with the spurs uh musclemans so eastern panhandle guy jake stevens signs with the sacramento kings and marshall uh guard tavion kinsey signs with the jazz so those young guys getting an opportunity and exhibit 10 contracts. They're kind of like summer league contracts. If they can make the G League, it'll help there. But, uh, you know, I think for the Panhandle and, you know, Jake Stevens, he was at VMI. He transferred to a bigger basketball school in Chattanooga, and this got him the opportunity, I think. He averaged 23 and almost 10 rebounds at Chattanooga. So, I mean, a really talented player. We'll see how. Uh, he can make the jump into the summer league. It's obviously you know very rare for an yeah. undrafted guy to make it into the NBA, but we just saw this past year the Miami Heat had four guys that were undrafted play in the finals. So it is possible, and you can have success being undrafted into the NBA, especially with the development league. Uh, the G League has really become a bigger part of basketball in terms of they're using that minor league system a lot more and – uh, developing guys that way so you know maybe not making an nba roster right away but maybe he gets a spot in the g league plays well and then can get up there eventually yeah that'll be big and uh that will do it here for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Orsini's home store not just an appliance store anymore but you can buy your trigger grills there at 360 hackless way or online at orsinis.com back after this two minute break we'll talk nba and uh, we'll get nick's take on uh, the Wizards draft and uh, the trade that they made on Thursday uh, as well. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got. Have you been smoking? Uh. I can smell it. Hickory. I'm gonna watch you smoke the whole pack. and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care for the injuries you don't. 
For same-day appointments at WV Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Nick Collin, happy to have you with us. For this Monday, June 26, 2023. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but uh, Nick, the big Wizards fan here, was out. So we'll get his opinion on kind of the last. It'll be the overarching opinion and then the, the Thursday end of Friday. Uh, the draft for the Wizards as well as the trade where they were able to th- uh, send out Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors and get Jordan Poole and a couple other guys in return. Uh, but you get a young guy in Jordan Poole who, what was it, four days ago said, "That's a guy we're not we're not going to send." The GM of the Warriors said, "We're not going to we're going to have him here for the next four or five years." So they get a young guy who they could build around in the temporary. Yeah, I mean he's under contract for the next four years. So Mike Dunleavy Jr. did say that, and then trade him for Chris Paul. I think there's it's a little bit more interesting actually to talk about the Warriors' perspective on this trade, but for the Wizards, I think. Poole will come in. You know, he's a good young player. He's under contract. Um, could be a piece of a part of this rebuild. I don't think he's going to come in and be, you know, lead this team to the playoffs or anything crazy. But I think he'll average really good points and, and look really good for the Wizards, and uh, potentially down the line be a factor on a playoff team. Um, from the Warriors' perspective, this is a weird trade because Chris Paul really doesn't fit their style of play. He slows it down more. The Warriors have always been a tempo team. Um, he's another point guard. He's going to come off the bench most likely, run the second unit, because I don't think they're going to go with him, Curry, and Clay. That's a little bit too small of a lineup. Uh, and I don't think at this point in his career Chris Paul is necessarily the same defender he once was, so he's undersized. I don't think that would really work too well. So probably going to come off the bench um but you know it's weird to trade a young upper coming player for an old player that's on the decline that's but obviously there's some uh you know locker room issues with Jordan Poole and Draymond Green and such so they're going to try to run it back with a veteran team and we'll see how that works out for the Warriors for the Wizards though I mean I think it's a good move get a younger player obviously get a guy under contract that can kind of be the face of your team moving forward and we'll see 
who else they're able to get around pool here in the future and then start with Thursday when they get uh, Belial Kalabale in the draft to you guys, you know, disrespected, didn't even know how to say his name the other day. Well, I, I stuttered on it wrong. just now. So I yeah, guess so, okay. So that, that, that puts <laughs> together what I said. Uh, and they did send off their 57th pick to the Warriors who traded, uh, who uh, got Trace Jackson Davis. But at the 42 spot, they picked uh, Tristan Vucetic. Yeah, another international player that's Serbian. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to come over right away or what the case will be, but I think he's a seven-footer that's raw. Uh, Kalabale, though, I like him um, from what I've seen. You know, not a guy that I think is going to come in and be great right away, which is what the Wizards have kind of been known for doing over these last few years. But they've been drafting you know, college players that didn't make an impact right away. Um, hopefully, well, they did draft Obvio, but this is a new front office, so I'm giving him a chance. I think Walker, the kid that they traded, was a safer pick in terms of he's going to probably make some sort of impact. He's already... You know, 240 pounds, six foot eight, very similar to Draymond Green or what people are saying for Jarius Walker's game. Kind of an undersized uh, center type player that can pass the ball pretty well. But they trade him for Kalabale. I think he's very raw. He's not your typical European player uh, in terms of, you know, those guys usually are shooters uh, when you're looking at wings. He's a very good athlete. He's got a lot of bounce. So I like the potential there. Um, I'm excited about him. I think French. Uh, the French players have been really good. You know, guys from France have been really solid in the NBA, so I think there's potential for him to develop, but uh, I don't expect much out of him in year one. Um, probably the biggest upside guy, though, that was left on the board. So, All right, now I want your take. We've kind of got it last week, but now we've gotten the full, I guess, Wizards week is over because that was a full week of situation or of moves for the wizards uh, under their new leadership the three three-headed monster i guess you could call the it big three the big three <laughs> uh what do you think how do you think that the wizards have uh fared in this offseason of making moves of dishing out people of going full rebuild and it's long overdue essentially is my thought on it what's your take on it yeah, I mean, I think it's overdue. It's a new front office. They were kind of in a tough situation. Uh, so they didn't get really back what they wanted, I think, or what you would think for these quality of players that they gave up. But all those players kind of had control over their situations, especially, you know, uh, Porzingis and Bradley Beal, who Porzingis could have just opted out and said, okay, I'll be a free agent and go get my money elsewhere. They get what they get from the Celtics and – We'll see if it works out. Uh, and Bradley Beal, obviously, you know, had the no trade clause, so they did what they could. Um, and then Chris Paul, they were probably going to buy him out, so everybody kind of knew that. So it was just kind of, hey, can we make sure that we get him? And then that's what the Warriors did. So, um, you know, overall, I'd probably give them a B on this uh, rebuild because they at least finally sent this team into a t- some sort of direction. Yeah. And they got back what they could. They got some decent pieces. Tyus Jones, uh, Jordan Poole, I think, are, are younger guys that could be pretty solid for them. And then they got some draft picks. I think these pick swaps are interesting that they got from the Suns because I think the Suns in 2028 and 2030 probably won't be as good as they are now, and maybe they can get a higher pick for one of those uh, because the Suns' window is very limited and they don't have any of their draft picks until 2031. So Yeah. Yeah, I think those things are all potentially going to be 
good for the Wizards down the line. Not what you wanted necessarily to get that A, but I'd give them a B. I think it's been okay. I'd give them a B as well for two reasons. One, B will stand for bad because that's what the Wizards will be this coming season yeah. so that they can tank for the second B, Bronny Jr. <laughs> They're not getting Bronny. Bronny Jr. is not get going one overall. They're going to get Bronny. They want LeBron. Why Who they, wouldn't want LeBron? They tried that with Michael Jordan. Ticket sales go up. They tried that about 20 East. years ago. Playoffs? How'd that go? Playoffs? You can get 40-year-old LeBron and a guy that should probably be taken like 13 to 15, just presuming. I mean, we'll see how Bronny James plays at USC. He might be number one pick quality by the end of it, but I kind of doubt it based on the projections. Um, but I'd much rather them draft whoever is actually the best player in the draft. Bingo! And then uh, build around him for the next 15 to 20 years opposed to uh, drafting Bronny and then hoping LeBron decides to come to Washington to well, and then, sell tickets and win 42 games. And then you are you get that LeBron is. I mean, we all can admit LeBron's a diva. Yeah, but I mean, and 42 will be the most gonna, wins in a while. What I'm saying is going to run off. Yeah. He'll rub off on his son. He'll Maybe opt out. He'll want this thing. He'll go home to Cleveland. He'll go home to L. He'll do all this stuff that LeBron did during his career. Then he comes back to Washington and wins a championship. It's all forgiven. <laughs> I don't think Bronny's going to be as good, good as his dad. I well, mean, he has nobody to live in be, the shadow, exactly. I don't think he'll even be near that. I think he'll be a solid role player, most likely. Got to take the chance, have some fun. No. You'd go. No, I don't think I would. You wouldn't go to see LeBron? No. I think you're a liar. LeBron's been in D.C., several times throughout his career and I never went and saw him so why would I see him when he's playing for the Wizards alright well that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford revolutionizing the car buying experience go to HagerstownFord.com for more we come back we'll talk a little post 14 baseball as well as the Nationals and the Orioles and a a funny thing that happened in the International Series over the weekend Uh, plus more MLB on the other side of this two minute break you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes but I've got rolling wide open fields and a homegrown sunset this is Eric at Hagerstown Ford over the last decade the way we buy things have evolved now you get on your phone click want it and it shows up at your front door at Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. 
If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Triff's Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at tripsfloorsanding.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. Segment brought to you in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson, excuse me, and Phil McCoy. Stop by 12th Avenue in Martinsburg or call 304-263-4343. As we begin to wrap up this edition of the Sports Mix, about 12 minutes left in the show. We didn't hit on in segment one. We'll talk a little post-14 junior and senior. The seniors, unfortunately, had their tournament this weekend, and Frederick just completely canceled because of the weather. Uh, They have a game tonight against Bedford that was scheduled for Wednesday. They moved it up to tonight. And Wednesday, they're trying to get a game, looks like, down between two teams uh, that would come to P.O. Faulkner on Wednesday. Uh, not a lot of baseball to talk about there, but their junior squad had uh, two games yesterday. They were able to win the first one 18-2 over Woodsboro post 282, and it was a great day on the mound for Grant Henderson just giving up two of those earned runs and six strikeouts along with two hits, uh, but 12 hits for the team. Isaac Grove with two, Ben Risenweber with two RBIs, Jet Gross with a hit and an RBI and four runs scored. Uh, Braylon Edwards, two for three with three RBIs. Andrew Earhart, uh, four for four with three RBIs. Logan Wilt, two for four with two RBIs. Sven Dupree went one for three with an RBI. And Ryland Swartz had an RBI. Uh, moving on to game two, the 20 to one victory. Uh, as it was, again, dominant in the offense for post-14. Two for three day, Isaac Grove. Uh, one for two day with two RBIs was Swartz coming in for him. Dupree, one for three with two RBIs. Risenweber with an RBI. Braylon Edwards, one for four with two RBIs. Danner, two for three with two RBIs. Lopez, two for five with two RBIs. Owen Rubenthal, four for five with five RBIs. Grant Henderson has two RBIs, two hits. Brady Reed, two hits on the day. Logan Wilt, two hits on the day and an RBI. And Jet Gross goes seven innings, giving up just one hit, one run, while striking out 11. It was pure dominance on the offensive side, as well as the pitching side for the Hornets. Score 38 combined runs yesterday, the junior squad, and only give up three. That's good for a team that uh, tied a game on Wednesday, 3-3, three to three, and before that hadn't really played since Thursday the 15th. 
Yeah, uh, seems like a pretty good run for the Hornets down there. So we'll see how they uh, continue. You know, young group, those guys are getting after it. It's unfortunate that the senior teams now had several games in a row now canceled. So yeah, it's essentially a week off. Yeah, and we'll they see haven't played since the tournament. Yeah, a week off. Yeah, yeah. So they'll play tonight though. Uh, but let's move on. Talk Washington Nationals. They get a series win yesterday over the Padres in what was uh, back-to-back games where not only the offense was there at times, but also the pitching there when they needed it. It was a 2-0 shutout on Saturday and an 8-3 victory yesterday. Mackenzie Gore strikes out nine, and he sets a franchise record for, I believe, six straight strikeouts against his former team. Uh, the Nats, young pitchers in Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore looking pretty good over the last couple of days. Patrick Corbin gave up the loss on Friday. Reached the 30 win mark, 30 and 47 on the season. Uh, they start a three game set in Seattle tonight at 9:40, which I think is an advantage for the Nationals because they're already in the West Coast on the West Coast time. And didn't the Mariners weren't the Mariners in? Uh, yeah, they were just in Baltimore. In Baltimore over the weekend, so I think the Nats get the advantage there. Yeah, and a series win on the road. You like that for? A strange reason the Nationals, it seems like, just do better on the road. They're seventeen and twenty away, thirteen and twenty-seven at home. So not because sure. all their fans are at Camden Yards. Stop. <laughs> um, the Padres stink this year. What's up with that? I don't know. I was watching a video last night. It was like all the like this MLB season has gone completely away from what people thought it would be when it comes to the teams that have spent the most money. That should be good versus the teams that haven't spent the most money and are good. Uh, I'm really talking about the Padres and the Mets, the Mets, who have spent a lot of money and aren't very good at all. Yeah, the Yankees are disappointing considering where they are in the division. I mean, they're still that's a tough division. Got a winning record, but still. Yeah, they've uh, they're four and six in their last ten. The Yankees are, uh, but overall, I just think it's an odd year for the MLB. New rules. Yeah, new rules. Kind of adjusting to everything. It'll be interesting to see how things go. But uh, the Orioles, how'd they do? Orioles, not Orioles. Orioles. Orioles, they win the series over the weekend? Yes, they did after a very bad first game of the series, uh, getting demolished 13-1. to They were able to win game two in the rubber match. Both uh, close games had to walk off the... One and I thought it was interesting how the joke has been amongst Oriole fans, or not really a joke, probably a good bit serious, is when Mullins came back to DFA Ryan McKenna. Oh yeah, you mentioned the and show today. He's the one that's the hero Saturday in Mullins' first game back. He has a walk off two run home run in the tenth. Yeah, I had it on here while I was producing, and I looked up and I was like, "What happened?" I was like, "Oh, McKenna hit a home run." Okay, but um, yeah, I was definitely happy about that. And Jordan Westberg got called up. So that's exciting. Number three uh, Orioles prospect. Um, you know, we'll see how he works out. He's been the best of those second base, shortstop, third baseman type guys that they've been looking for. But they just haven't brought him up because I guess they didn't want to start his clock. But he, I think he's better than Ortiz who got called up. I think he's better than Varva who got called up. So hopefully he can bring that – that next guy in there, I mean, Frazier's not really hitting right now. Mateo's not hitting right now. So 
They need somebody that can and he is give them some right good now. hit. Yeah, I believe well, he's AAA, hitting over three. I thought it was over three hundred now. In earlier, AAA. Okay, with, you know, a lot of home runs. I think, I think like it was 15, 15 to eighteen. Runs. Yeah, and then fifty plus RBIs. I think as well. So hopefully he's good. And I also I believe saw that now Jackson Holiday's the number one prospect. Yeah, and in baseball graduated as well, Walker so. from the Cardinals. So mm-hmm. Holiday's now number one, uh, which is cool to see. So hopefully it's a only a matter of time before he gets called up for Baltimore as well. He yeah, will. I mean he's still in single A, I think, or double A. But yeah, I mean he's nineteen, so there's still probably a good bit of time unless they're truly making, I guess, a push here for the pennant. I mean that is in the conversation now. Next so year, but probably won't if not be up this, this year, year, then definitely next year. But get to play the Reds now, who have been very good as Red of late. I, I think they're on a two game losing streak now but before that with yeah they had the Braves in town over the weekend bold prediction the Orioles sweep the Reds okay all right I want to get I want to get to something over the weekend Uh, that was a funny moment to go along with the the whole movement of the weekend so uh, it was the MLB World Tour in London over the weekend saw I believe it was a two game set between the Cubs and the Cardinals in that one between the two games, I believe it was 57,000 and 55,000. So a lot of fans coming out there in London. But a funny uh, thing happened on the pregame or postgame show uh, as Derek Jeter, now a member of the Fox Sports family for the MLB coverage to go along with uh, Kevin Burkhart, the host, and then the analyst, David Ortiz and A-Rod. Uh, David Ortiz. So it's two Yankee guys and then it's a Red Sox. So David Ortiz, big poppy, he's always got to be funny. Here's what he gave. He had a gift for Derek Jeter on his first day with MLB on Fox. I got a gift for you. Oh, okay. You went shopping? From all of us, you know. Open it up, Cap. Come on. Oh, so nice. Oh, so touching. Nice. nice. Great teammate. Oh. <laughs> oh. Turn it around, man. Turn it around. It's a Red Sox Derek Jeter jersey. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I, I saw that yesterday circling around. And as soon as he realized what it was out of the blue box to kind of make it look like it was going to be something legitimate and not funny, as soon as he realized it said Jeter in that red two on he the threw, back, he threw it offset. immediately threw it offset. Here's what Derek Jeter had to say. It's pretty funny, this 10-second uh, clip. It's been, Jeter, Red Sox, it's, it's been a great time spending with you guys here. Uh, you won't see me anymore. Well... My last day at well, it's Well, it's been a good 24 hours. <laughs> You're unbelievable. Oh. What a funny way to start uh, Derek Jeter's tenure on MLB on Fox. Could have been worse. Uh, Ortiz has been a very typical prankster on there. I believe he's yeah. the one that uh, put the vodka in Frank Thomas's uh, water bottle. The <laughs> I remember so, that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of MLB, this is a wild thing that happened the other night. The Angels, How much, what was the spot they put up on Saturday? 25 to 1 against uh Yeah, 25 spot on uh the Colorado Rockies in Colorado. You know who hit the one home run or yes, the one run? Do, Brenton Doyle, former Shepherd Ram. Uh but 25 runs on 28 hits for the Angels in a explo- offensive explosion. And, and then guess they lose who the next game? Yeah, I was about to say well they lost on Friday as well. Yeah. So they won they lost the series but outscored them by like 28 or something. I was at the Orioles Astros game that was like 25 to something. Favorite of the Astros. Ew. 
When was that? Like 15 years ago? Yeah, no, like 2018 or something. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, sure. How about cheating, the but. Gators put up 24 on LSU? Yeah, a lot four. of runs scored. The final will be tonight. We'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow and uh, the MLB draft potential guys that could go one and two that are on the LSU Tigers. Uh, but that'll wrap things up for today's edition of the Sports Mix. We will have Little League Baseball action tonight, 7 p.m. Jefferson Hedgesville for a spot in the consolation game tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, that'll be a 6.50 pregame on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Following that game on radio tonight, we'll have coverage of the Nats game. Pregame coverage at 9.10 as they take on the Seattle Mariners with first pitch at 9.40. Trevor Williams on the mound for the Nationals tonight. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Fui. We'll talk to you later on tonight or tomorrow in another edition of the Sports Mix. Have a great rest of your day. Locally operated and proud to support our local community. Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, Inwood, Berkeley Springs.